You're listening to The Daily Detail, a roundup of the most important news from the state of Alabama and across the United States. I'm Andrea Tice. The unemployment rate for Alabama has held steady for the past two months. The Alabama Department of Labor has released numbers for the month of November. That rate is coming in at 3.1% unemployment. That's the same number as October of this year. It's still lower than the 4.7% rate that was in place for November 2020. Labor Secretary Fitzgerald Washington says that the state is fortunate to not see large shifts in these unemployment rates and that more people are starting to work again. He also said that November showed a new record high in job count for 2021. Wages have increased as well, going up by $31 a week compared to last year. State lawmakers are taking a gamble to bring back the lottery and casino legislation during an election year. Republican Senator Greg Albritton has prefiled a bill for the 2022 legislative session. The proposal would include a state lottery, gambling sites, and a compact with the Porch Band of Creek Indians. How far that legislation will go during a year when lawmakers are facing a primary in the upcoming May as well as elections in November is still yet to be seen. Residents in the town of Sheffield will see an increase in their city sales tax starting in 2022. It'll go from 9% to 9.5%. The new sales tax increase will go into effect in the spring of next year after the city council recently voted to approve the measure. Sheffield Mayor Steve Stanley says the revenues that are gained from the tax increase will allow them to give underpaid city employees a pay raise. Detectives in the city of Pelham confirmed that a death investigation is underway after an off-duty Birmingham firefighter dies from a gunshot wound. The incident happened this past Sunday afternoon. One person of interest is in police custody. Others are being questioned. The case is currently only classified as a death investigation. Well, he's going from the Southeastern Conference to the Pacific Northwest. Auburn's former starting quarterback, Bo Nix, is going to the opposite corner of the U.S. Bo Nix has transferred to Oregon, where he will finish his senior year playing within the Pac-12. Nix will be working with a former Auburn offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, who was also recently hired by Oregon. Dillingham worked at Auburn for only one year, the same year that Nix started his freshman year as the football quarterback. More than 2 million Christmas wreaths have been placed on the graves of veterans in cemeteries across the nation. National Wreaths Across America Day took place this past weekend with over 2 million volunteers taking part in placing those wreaths. A third of those volunteers were children. One veteran spoke with ABC 3340 News. I was sitting up here next to a lady that had lost her husband, uh, passed away recently, and is buried here at the cemetery. And... And holding her hand, the emotion that she was feeling to be here, to see all of the people that were here to support her and to keep the memory of her husband going. And, and we don't want to lose those memories. Um, they're, they're important to the family. They're important to us. Uh, when you walk through and look at each individual grave and the name on it and the, per, the branch of service they were in, It evokes memories of people that you may not know them, but you know the branch of service, you know the time period they were in. Um, And and as a veteran, it means an awful lot. It means the world to be able to honor these these people. This is the 30th year for the wreaths to be placed at Arlington National Cemetery. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Build Back Better is now busted. 
West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin made it clear before the holidays got underway that he will not be voting in favor of the massive government program and spending bill. Manchin made the announcement known on Fox News this past Sunday. You know, this is a mammoth piece of legislation, and I had my reservations from the beginning when I heard about it five and a half months ago, and I've been working diligently every day and every minute of every day. I've been working on this, meeting with whether it be the president, President Biden, whether it be Majority Leader Schumer and his staff, whether it would be with Nancy Pelosi, uh, all of my colleagues, I mean, from all different spectrums of, of the political spectrum, if you will, from the right to the left, I've done everything humanly possible. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns, and where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills, all of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking, and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at, at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant, uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. This is a no on this legislation. I have tried everything I know to do. The knives came out among liberal Democrats after Manchin made his decision known. A Washington Post reporter says democracy is hanging by a thread. MSNBC suggested that the future of America is now in question. And the Daily Beast reporter suggested that the U.S. has been hijacked and that Manchin has been bought off by corporations and lobbyists. The latest number being reported by the New York Times has almost 40,000 Afghani refugees being settled in American communities across the nation. 38,000 have been placed in communities, while 36,000 remain living at U.S. military bases located in states like New Mexico, Texas, New Jersey, Wisconsin, and Indiana. About 4,000 Afghan refugees are being moved off of those bases every week as part of the Biden administration's huge resettlement program. Some Senate Republicans voted with Democrats about a month ago to give the Biden administration $7 billion to continue this resettlement operation, with a total of $13 billion expected to be spent. Construction of a border wall has resumed at the U.S.-Mexico line, but this time it's by the state of Texas rather than the federal government. The state of Texas has secured funding for the project, even though the Biden administration has stopped the building of a border wall at a federal level. This past September, the state legislature passed a bill into law that provides $8 billion in state funds to border security. The state of Texas is targeting an area where the border wall is not completed, and about 70% of illegal apprehensions have occurred at that spot. Texas Governor Greg Abbott revealed the new developments this past weekend. Texas is taking what truly is unprecedented action by uh, any state ever for a state to build a wall on our border to secure and safeguard the sovereignty of the United States as well as our own state. And this unprecedented action is needed for one single reason, and that's because the Biden administration has failed to do its job as required by the Constitution, as required by laws passed by Congress, to enforce the immigration laws of the United States of America. And the consequences of Biden's failure to do his job are staggering. 
Already this year, there have been more than 1.2 million people who have been apprehended coming across the border illegally. Those are the people apprehended and do not count all of those who were not apprehended. Just as unprecedented as the action that we're taking is the speed within which we have taken this action. It was just six months ago that I signed a letter authorizing the Texas Facilities Commission to begin building this wall. The American Institute for Economic Research has obtained some emails through a Freedom of Information request. Those emails involve the director of the National Institute of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and other senior staff within that federal agency. The emails are calling three doctors fringe epidemiologists for questioning the effectiveness of COVID-19 lockdowns in 2020. The three doctors are from Harvard, Stanford, and Oxford and would go on to write the Great Barrington Declaration. That declaration places an emphasis on focused protection rather than in general lockdowns. The Great Barrington Declaration says that lockdowns are producing devastating effects in the short and long term of public health. NIH Director Collins disagrees with that declaration and went on to demand a quick and devastating takedown of those doctors involved. That's written up in an email sent to Fauci and other staff. Fauci would then reply by saying that a plan was underway, starting with an August article published by Wired. Two Democrat senators have tested positive for COVID-19. U.S. Senators Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren both took to social media this weekend to announce that they have contracted COVID-19 and are experiencing mild symptoms so far. Both Warren and Booker made it clear that they were not only fully vaccinated, but had recently gotten the boosters just before becoming ill. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure to listen to Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he's back behind the mic talking about refunding the police. Did you see what happened with San Francisco? So San Francisco Mayor London Breed, how does she ever get elected? How did she get in office? How does she become the mayor of a city like San Francisco? Okay, White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on Thursday uh, cheered, as yesterday, cheered San Francisco Mayor London Breed's decision to launch a policing crackdown in response to the surge in thefts. There's a complete level of forgetfulness that I cannot even begin to describe to you since just last year, this same mayor, London Breed, a Democrat, reduced the local police budget by $120 million. $120 million. She's an activist mayor, and she went in there and said, let's defund the police. Now she comes out, and in a, in a, in a, profanity-laced speech, which, by the way, I get that people are going to cuss behind closed doors, but when you get up as a politician to give a speech to your constituents, that is not the time to be throwing out the BS terms and all that kind of stuff. That is just classless. So she suddenly did an about-face this week and says, all the blankety-blank has destroyed our city. We're going to crack it down. She goes, I'm, I'm, she's a, she says literally that she knows she's not going to make some people happy doing this, but she's going to do it. Well, how about this? San Francisco, since her defunding, Larceny is up 18%. That's right. Home burglaries are down slightly, but assaults are up 9% and murders are up 15%. That's your city, Mayor London Breed. You defunded the police $120 million, and now suddenly you're having seller's remorse. 
You can find that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail, don't forget you can't subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to get these daily reports right on your phone. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow.